and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through actionable legal, tax, money, and business topics. I'm Braden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator. If you are ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, you are in the right place. But before we fully dive in, here is a quick word from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by my free training, The Three Legal and Tax Mistakes Made by New and Experienced Business Owners and How You Can Avoid Them. Here's the thing. There's a few key things we've all got to do to make sure we unfuck our biz. I've seen all the mistakes and I know how to help you get past them. So here's what I want you to do. Go to www.unfuckyourbiz.com, sign up for the free training, watch it, and do at least one of the homework assignments I share in the masterclass. Promise? Okay, now let's dive into the episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 99 of the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And on today's episode, I will be reading part two of chapter one of my new book, Unfuck Your Biz. So you guys can tell I'm super clever with the titles. I just use the same name for everything. Now, first things first, if you have not already listened to yesterday's episode, you're going to want to start there because that's the first half of this chapter. I'm doing like an audible style read aloud for you. And also apologies in advance or apologies after the fact if you've already listened to it because I forgot to plug in my podcast mic. So audio may not have been the best, but good news is... um, Well, no, I don't want to give away the good news because that's a surprise. I have a surprise coming for episode 100 next week, so stay tuned for that. So without any further ado, I'm going to dig into the second half of this chapter. Again, if you missed the first half, go listen to that. Otherwise, this will be super out of context. So starting halfway through chapter one, the heading is self-employment income. When I was a baby Brayden, I remember playing the I'm going on a trip game. Do you remember that one? I'd say I'm going on a trip and I'm taking a skip it. The next person would say your thing plus one more. I'm going on a trip and I'm taking a skip it and my autographed copy of the latest Backstreet Backstreet Boys single on cassette. The third person adds her peak 90s inflatable furniture to the list, a few more rounds in, and you've added a Tamagotchi, scary stories to tell in the dark, and a notebook with all your friends' phone numbers, which you'll need when you're using your prepaid minutes phone card to share your thoughts on the latest Boy Meets World plot twist. In this game, you're out when you forget any item in the order. When you play, you find that you're, you can remember quite a bit when repeated in this repetitive manner. If your friend spouted out a list of 10 things and had you repeat it back, you'd be hard pressed to remember. I use this tedious memory device to teach taxes. We start with the first step and methodically move forward. Taxes are calculated by taking all of our income adding it up, subtracting from the total certain deductions, and calculating the tax on the balance. Our starting point is understanding what the IRS considers to be taxable income, and we narrow in even further to self-employment income. This is the first item we're taking on our trip. The IRS defines self-employment income as income earned from carrying on a trade or business as a sole proprietor, an independent contractor, or some form of partnership. 
For most purposes, business and self-employment income are the same. Notice that the IRS's definition above does not include income to S-Corps or C-Corps. The income may technically not be from self-employment. Sorry, it may technically be some self-employment. You see guys, sidebar, this is why I'm going to have to hire an editor when I do my audiobook in sidebar. I'd like to consider my personal simplified definition, self-employment business income is any money earned in exchange for something else of value outside of an employment context. My formal income tax professor could find some faults in that definition, but it will work for us. We distinguish self-employment income from all other types of income because it's taxed in, taxed in its own unique ways. Note that in my definition, I use the phrase in exchange for something else of value. This is because bartering is also considered a taxable event. For example, I hired an editor to help me with this book. If she had said, you know, I really need some help for my business. Can you add me as a student to your next round of Unfuck Your Biz as a trade for my editing services? If I'd said yes, the value of her editing services would technically be taxable income to me. It's a form of compensation I'd be receiving in exchange for providing a product or service in return. Let's look at some more common examples of self-employment income. L is a law student. She decides to start a weekend gig tutoring undergrads on the LSAT. Tamika works full-time in marketing. She loves design. She agrees to provide interior design services to two coworkers who are moving. L and Tamika both have self-employment income. Tamika might argue that since she doesn't really have a business and thus the money from her coworkers isn't really self-employment income. In that case, she'd look more into what the IRS considers to be a quote trader business. We won't go down that rabbit hole because I'm making a big assumption here, which is if you're taking the time to read this book or listen to this podcast, you at a, at a minimum intend to have a profitable, profitable business. The intent is enough to make your income self-employment income. We're not hobbyists here. We are very serious capitalists and entrepreneurs seeking profits. But if you want to use those profits to defeat the patriarchy and further world peace, I support you. Freelancers versus business owners. Here's a common question I hear. What's the difference between freelancers and business owners? The short answer is there is no difference. Look back at the business income definition. There may be a few differences regarding licensing and legalities. We will get to those later, but you'll notice that at least for tax purposes, it doesn't matter what you call yourself. When we're wearing our tax hats, we don't really care what we call ourselves. It has more to do with whether you meet the IRS's definition of self-employment income. Finding business income. Our starting point in understanding your full tax picture is determining total business income. It's relatively straightforward. You simply add up all the money received from providing services or selling goods in your business. As an example, my primary income streams are payments from students for the Unfuck Your Biz course and student payments for the Fundamentals membership. I also get paid for speaking events. I'll have income from sales of this book and I occasionally promote paid workshops. These are all streams of income in my business. The total of each stream of income represents my total gross business income. That's fairly straightforward. Where many business owners get tripped up is when the 1099s come rolling in during tax season. If you provide services to other businesses, they may send you a 1099. You report that 1099 on your tax return. Let's look at an example. 
Gina is a graphic designer. She creates 100 logos for $500 each. That's some high volume work, but the math is pretty simple. Gina has $50,000 in business income from those services. It's taxable income as soon as Gina receives the money from the clients. Now let's assume Gina builds two websites for $10,000 each in addition to those 100 logos for $500 each. Now her total income is $70,000. Both her web design clients send her 1099s for $10,000 each. When Gina files her taxes, she will file a Schedule C. On that Schedule C, she'll report both the 1099s and all her other income. Gina's bookkeeping system will now show $70,000 in income. When she's completing her Schedule C, she'll take any amount reported on 1099s for her business out of her total business income in her books. Gina had $70,000 in income and inputs her $20,000 in 1099s. She then reports other business income of 50,000, which is the difference. Now let's mix this up a little bit more. Remember earlier I mentioned the students I talked to who'd been put on payroll by clients who had received PPP loans? Assume this year Gina has all the same income as last year. In addition, she also gets a new client who has her fill out a W-4 so that she can get on payroll. At the end of the year, she gets a W-2 from that client for $30,000. Now, what's Gina's business income? It's the same. That $30,000 is employment income. It's separate and in part from business income. Gina should be depositing those employment checks straight into her personal bank account and not her business account. When she files taxes, she still has $70,000 in business income on her Schedule C, and she has $30,000 in employment income that is not put on the Schedule C. We discuss non-business income more in Chapter 2. Deductions. Let's continue our earlier game analogy. Instead of, I'm going on a trip, though, we will say, I'm calculating taxes. I'm calculating my taxes, and the first, time, first thing I'm finding is business income. Then I'm totaling my business deductions. We call them deductions because they deduct from income. If you have $10 in income and a $1 deduction, you deduct that $1 to have $9 in taxable income. Business deductions reduce your gross business income to net business income. The IRS calculates on the net business income. Assume for a moment that we have a flat tax percentage of 10%. The IRS in this fictional universe only collects 10% of all net business income. If you have $100,000 in income, the 10% tax would total $10,000. Now assume you have a $10,000 deduction. How much are taxes now and how much does that $10,000 deduction save you? Pause for a minute and do the math. You deduct the $10,000 from the total income of $100,000, thus the net business income is $90,000. Now the 10% tax is $9,000. In other words, that $10,000 deduction saves you $1,000 in taxes. I highlight the net impact of deductions on your taxes because they're often misunderstood by new business owners. Every November and December, I talk to business owners who say something like, I need to invest some more in my business to lower my taxes this year. To me, this has never really made any sense. Like, let's break this down with some more realistic numbers. 
In chapter two, I explain tax brackets in more detail. But for now, note that we have graduated tax brackets, meaning the more you make, the more you pay in taxes. So assume that you have $100,000 in net income with an effective tax rate of 21%. Your taxes would total $21,000. At the end of the year, you think, well, shit, I made, I made a lot. That's a lot in taxes. I should spend some more. You drop $40,000 in expenses, prepaying some stuff for next year, buying courses, office furniture, and a new computer, and joining a pricey mastermind. Now net income is $60,000. If we assume an effective tax rate on $60,000 of 16%, your tax is now $9,600 versus $21,000. The difference in tax is $11,400. You would have spent $40,000 to save $11,400. Don't think about deductions as free money. Think about them as a discount on whatever it is you're buying. For example, assume that $10,000 of that $40,000 went towards a year-long mastermind. Look at the tax savings as a 30% discount. It's like you saved $3,000 on the mastermind. Is the mastermind worth $7,000? Are you happy with that? If yes, awesome. Spend the money and take the deduction. Use this type of analysis before buying shit to, quote, reduce your tax bill. If you need a new computer, buy a new computer and deduct it. If you don't need a new computer and spend $1,000 on one, but save $100 due to the tax deduction, you're just tossing away $900 that would be better off in your personal bank account. Deductions are great. Profit is better. Make sense? Are you catching what I'm throwing out there? Picking up what I'm laying down? Bitchin'. Now, let's now discuss what we actually can deduct. Let's revisit the Schedule C, give the form a Google, and follow along. First, it asks for income and cost of goods. Technically speaking, cost of goods sold is not a deduction. It has its own funky rules. We're skipping over that. When calculating net business income, you start by finding gross receipts, total business income. Then you subtract the cost of goods sold to find gross profit. For those of us who don't have cost of goods, our gross profit is the same as gross receipts. From there, you add up all deductible expenses and subtract the, that total from the gross profit in order to find net business income. Let's consider this in a more fun non-business example. Your best friend is throwing a surprise party for her college best friend who happens to be back in town. In an effort to assert your place at the top of the best friend hierarchy, you volunteer to help with the party. Your friend gives you $300 to go buy some decorations and other things. Your friend asks you to find a cardboard cutout of her friend's favorite celebrity crush. Mine would be Chris Evans or Henry Golding, tough call. Your friend's friend is more of a fan of Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. You find the ScarJo cutout on eBay for $50. There's a processing fee of $10. You discover the seller is in the next city over. You pick it up in person to expedite the process. You also buy a cake for $50 and some party de decorations for $50. How much money does your friend get back? In total, you spend $160. You could give your friend all the receipts and add up the expenses and give back the difference of $140. But maybe that drive was an hour and you had to get gas. Would you pay for that out of the $300? Probably not. You also had to stop and get lunch. Would you pay for that out of the $300? Not likely. 
assume instead that some random person hires you to do all these things and pays you $300. You'd want to take a deduction for all those items. They're eating into your profit. In order to find your profit, you gotta total your expenses. Now our question is, what can we deduct according to the IRS? According to the IRS website, to be deductible as business expense must be both ordinary and necessary. An ordinary expense is one that is common and accepted in your trader business. A necessary expense is one that is helpful and appropriate for your trader business. An expense does not need to be indispensable to be considered necessary. In the Small Business Tax Deduction Guide, see Appendix C, I share some of the specific rules and common categories of business expenses. However, if you ever find yourself wondering whether you can deduct something, start by asking if it meets this definition of ordinary and necessary. From there, you can see if the IRS has more specific guidance on that deduction in particular. Chapter wrap up. Now that you know how to calculate gross and net income, you're ready. Sorry, I actually found a typo. So let me delete that from the book, guys. Once, uh, now that you know how to calculate gross and net business income, you're ready to add a few complexities. In chapter two, we discuss other forms related to income and the next steps in determining the tax you actually pay. Take action. Do a Google search for the IRS tax forms discussed in this chapter and give them a quick skim. Review the glossary of terms for a recap of key terms. Read the Small Biz Tax Deduction Guide, see Appendix C, and see how these categories align with your bookkeeping. Key takeaways. The tax forms are, are a great starting place whenever you want more info on how something impacts your taxes. Finding net business income is the starting point to calculating taxes. So that's it. That's the end of chapter one. Hopefully you all enjoyed that. Um, we covered two chapters over two days here. So the rest of the book includes appendices, we have an introduction, and then it's, I always forget if it's 12 or 13 chapters. I think it's 12 total chapters. So uh, I read most of a previous chapter on previous episodes. So if you scroll back and find those, you've essentially gotten two out of the 12, one sixth of the book now read to you on the podcast. Hopefully uh, you loved it. If you want more information, you can go download a free chapter of the book at www.bradendrake.com forward slash book. That chapter is all about LLCs, so you can read that. And then I will email you more information when the book is available for purchase, hopefully next week. Fingers crossed. So that's all for today. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I will be back in your podcast app in just a few short days. Hope that you have a good one. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.